This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. By the book on BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Buy the Book. I'm Lee Chui Lin, and with me is my fellow enjoyer of buying books, Sharmila Ganesan. Hello, hello. So uh, today, in our ongoing series of interviewing local bookstores, we have with us Andrew Yap, who is the Managing Director of Book Access, uh, which I think needs no introduction, a very familiar name in the Malaysian book landscape. Andrew, uh, thanks for speaking with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always great uh, to be on uh, BFM. So it has been 16 years uh, since Book Access opened its doors. If we take it all the way back, what was the germ of the idea? What made you want to start up in the first place? Wow, 16 years. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like it's almost one life sentence, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, it really feels like, you know, five years, you know, things move so fast, uh, especially whenever you are in retail and at the rate that uh, we are expanding, right? Um, so how it all started, um, you know, uh, when the opportunity first came up um, to sell books at a big discount, I jumped at it. One of the reasons is because um, uh, I never grew up with books, right? And I was very fortunate to go to St. John's. You know, back back uh, in in the eighties, right? There were no, I mean, St. John's is one of the best schools. You know, no, no private schools and all, right? And so, if you manage to go to St. John's, almost all your classmates uh, are all readers. Everyone grew up with books. As you know, when we grow up. As kids, we always have uh, different kind of uh, trauma, you know, that kind of thing, right? So some 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 people were bullied and all. For me, uh, 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 the trauma that I took away growing up was uh, feeling very inadequate, right? So uh, I struggled through school. I didn't even pass my SPM, you know. And um, so one of the reasons, uh, uh, I mean, when I say that, you know, I experienced... Uh, uh, that particular feeling of being very inadequate because um, I noticed that a lot of my classmates, they do a lot better because they grew up with books. So in school, I mean, their English comprehension was better. You know, the spelling was better. Their general knowledge was better. So um, to me, you know, um, uh, going through that in school and uh, going through my adult life, right, uh, and having it, the opportunity that suddenly I can, you know, change uh, the narrative for a lot of people like myself that never had the chance to grow up with books. And I knew that one of the reasons why most Malaysians don't grow up with books is because it's an affordability issue and an accessibility issue. So I jumped at the opportunity the moment we uh, I had a chance to make books affordable. So that was the the journey, you know, and it all started, um, like you mentioned, 16 years ago, we had no clue on how to sell a book. And so we just thought, let's just do it. Yeah. Has your mission statement adapted or evolved over the years? Um, no, because you see, this is a mission-based company, right? And uh, we have dedicated our lives to making sure that the mission is achieved. Right, I mean, it's even tattooed on my hand, you know, the the company logo, right? So I'm not going anywhere. Make sure that it's uh achieved, you know, and 
is is always been wanting to change the world through books, right? And um, our goal is to get the ninety seven percent of Malaysians to start reading. All Malaysians can read. You know, when we were growing up, we always hear about stories of uh, uh, people who are illiterate and all. But this day and age, now yes, literacy is still a problem, but it's not like what it used to be. Majority of the world can read, right? So it's just getting books into, into the right hands, right? And so our goal when we first started this business is to make sure that, you know, uh, all Malaysians read, right? So uh, it will not change until, you know, we, we become a, a, a real reading nation. Yeah. So in line with that, what do Malaysians like to read? What are your bestsellers? Malaysians are actually um, broad readers. I think one of the reasons also is because um, we are generally an English-speaking uh, market, right? So, uh, you know, a nation also. And so we, we, we read across the board. Um, but what I would say is that uh, in, in, in our stores and the millions of books that we have sold through Big Bad Wolf, uh, the, the, you know, big names are always the biggest movers, you know, the heavy hitters like, you know, Mitch Album, J.K. Rowling and all. And, uh, but for sure, kids' books are predominantly the biggest market. Kids have time to read and kids need books from zero to 15 at least, right? Whereas adults, you know, we, we have so much distractions, you know, and, and if you don't have the reading habit, it's hard to pick up the habit. But for children, as long as you give them books, you know, they love, they would love to read and you read to them. And also, so the market for children books is, is far more than uh, all other genres. And for non-fiction, self-help and business by far, it is uh, uh, the biggest uh, seller. Everybody wants to upskill themselves and also, uh, especially post-pandemic, you know, people just want to bring down the noise in their head. You know, there's... So uh, when I say bring down the noises, you know, there's just uh, uh, so much going on uh, in our life, right? And we will just want to throttle down and and books like spirituality books are not doing very well at the moment. So your model largely relies on the uh, remainder book model. How do you ensure that your inventory has a lot of choice and diversity, especially considering the source of the books? Yeah, so um, we used to, we started off uh, selling remainder books. You know, that's why they, they, they we call uh, the bookstore book access. We were buying access books and we were giving access to people to buy books at a affordable uh, price, right? So it's kind of book access. Uh, as we grew, the, the overstocks and excess uh, can't grow like, like how the business grew, right? You know, uh, businesses, uh, publishers are getting better at managing their inventory. So there will always be lesser books, right? So the one, the difference with us is we're not also a bookseller, but we are also... Um, how would I say uh, we are like uh, we like to solve problems uh, also, right? And one of the issues that we are facing is that okay, uh, if there's not enough supply, what do we do, right? And so we know that uh, uh, it's a volume game. When we approach publishers that say, hey, we need more books at this price, but the publisher says that you know it's it's just too low, right? 
because then there's no volume. So so I I I I mentioned that okay, what if we can bring the volume up? You know, let's say um instead of buying uh 100 copies, right? We buy 10,000 per copy. You know, the 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 publisher gets a shock like how can you do 10,000 per copy when most bookstores, you know, take 50 or, or, or 100 per copy, right? And so it becomes our burden now, you know, what, how can we move 10,000 uh, copies, right? So that's also uh, one of the reasons why uh, Big Bear was around, you know, to move books in, in mass volume. And we had to look at out of Malaysia if we are going to sell you know, 10,000 per copy, right? And so, see, most bookstores globally are localized. They are within their own country, right? And so they can't do the volume. So now we have a unique proposition to go to the publishers, right? Okay, I need this at this extremely low price. I'm going to get it by low and sell it low, but I need this price. And let's say now, you know, currently we are in 15 different countries, right? And if we need, uh, 50 million copies of books. And if you're a publisher, you have a huge backlist, right? I'm not asking for your latest books, you know, a year or two after the launch, um, if I can buy 10 million copies from you, and if you get $1 royalty per book, and you can print a book in China for 50 cents, right? To the publisher, I don't have to do a single thing. All I need to do is tell the printer to print, Book Access will pick it up in China, right? And here's the money. They make their money straight away. It's $10 million uh, uh, to them. Yes, the margins is tiny, but they re you know, from the book and all, right? Uh, over selling it at a regular price over the last two years. And plus, the bookstores are not going to order the books anymore. Or if even they do, it's very little, right? So we, we found a solution there on how to get more books at remainder uh, prices. And the other uh, uh, thing that we did also was that we keep on looking for more publishers, we keep on looking for more suppliers till the point where we are currently buying for almost 200 different publishers and suppliers globally. When we first started our bookstore in Encom, all the tiny little one, we only have one supplier, right? Now we have 200. So the effort of uh, getting more uh, publishers and suppliers on board and the volume aspect of the business, yeah. Andrew, if I may uh, follow up on that, one of the criticisms I think that has been levelled at Book Access over the years is that the price point at which you make books available sometimes undercuts other bookstores or makes it difficult, for instance, for indie bookstores to operate because they just cannot compete at that price level. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I would say that, you know, every um, uh, business out there has its own challenges and uh, it is up to them to find their own niche, up to them, you know, to, to find, you know, what, how they can do better. I mean, instead of uh, uh, blaming us uh, or using us as an excuse, because to be honest, um, all the big chains use this as an excuse uh, when... Uh, we first started, right? Big Bad Wolf and, and, and Book Access. Now they've gotten used to us. But we are not going after the 
the two three percent of Malaysians who are reading. We are going after the ninety seven percent who are not reading, right? And most indie bookstores or independent bookstores, right? They're selling all the latest books, right? And so we don't have the latest books. We don't even want to get into that space. We basically we essentially if they understand this and why do publishers support us publishers support us because they know we are building a new generation of readers and when we build this new generation of readers they will go to the indie bookstores or the the full price bookstores to buy the latest books you know there's one, one of the reasons why let's say harry potter is launched you know they launched a hardback it's so expensive but everyone queues to buy it you know they're not going to wait two or three years later for the paperback to come out right at, at a quarter of the price. So the, if you understand the, the psyche of a reader, right, they will not wait, you know, whether will book access get the book or not, right? So it's up to them to convert the reader or to, to get the reader, you know, the, the market that they are looking at, the few percent which I'm talking about who are who are readers, you know, to buy books from them. So I don't really see us as the cost to uh, whether were we damaging the industry or making it difficult for everyone. We're speaking today with Andrew Yap, who is the Managing Director of Book Access, about Book Access itself. Let us know, uh, do you buy frequently from them or do you go for Big Bad Wolf? We'd love to hear from you. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Buy the Book with Lynn and Shamila. Our guest today in the latest of our bookstore profile series is Andrew Yap, the Managing Director of Book Access. So, Andrew, um, earlier you mentioned the expansion. And the thing is, right, we've seen a number of big bookstore players really struggle over the years. Uh, some have closed down a majority of their outlets, uh, significantly sized down. Some have left in entirely really um book access has expanded can you talk to us about what's allowed for this and um you know how you're feeling really about being a a survivor or thriver in the book market at the moment i think if you were to ask me you know 16 years ago when we first started would we have uh, gotten to this scale right i would i would definitely say no you know we just wanted to make a difference you know in our own little way right um, back to your question, you know, bookstores closing is a very sad thing, you know, uh, for society. Very, very sad because it's such an integral part of society, right? And, you know, I just wish people realized that, you know, how important bookstores are because, you know, like in, in Klang Valley, there are hundreds of thousands of restaurants, right? And there's hardly any bookstores. The ratio is like probably 100,000 to one, right? It, it just doesn't make sense because if you feed the stomach, you have to feed the mind. You know, it's, it's, it's equally uh, that important, right? And um, how did we expand over, I mean, uh, the, the years uh, as other bookstores, either, as you mentioned, uh, close or downsize is because uh, when that happened, they leave a void, right? And so... We are filling uh, the void. And uh, like I mentioned earlier again, you know, we are not just uh, typical bookstores. We are also uh, problem solvers, right? And um, one, one of the, the, the um, things that we did was uh, that we have a good, unique proposition to the mall, right? Uh, because the mall or property owners know that uh, they need bookstores. 
they need a bookstore in, in the mall. And so uh, we design bookstores that are architecturally very pleasing, you know, to attract crowds, right? And so our bookstores are different and from, from each store, the designs are different. So, you know, most malls would want us there. If, if all our stores are going to look the same, then, you know, the mall number one will say, okay, mall number two, okay, but number three and number four will be like, hey, there's no difference, you know, right? You're not unique, right? So, so we make sure that every bookstore is different so that, you know, the mall would want us there. And our customers would travel from, you know, uh, one mall to the other whenever they want to go to Book Access to have a different experience. And eventually they might find a favorite uh design that they like and you know they would go to that store and then and and hang out there most of the time right so different different stores for for different people with different tastes um, another point would be um i would say that um sadly uh uh bookstores are not evolving right so uh the margins are very low in the industry and if they don't evolve then you know this it can't be helped because retail overheads are high, right? You 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 can't tell uh, retail staff that, hey, I can only pay you half versus if you're going to work in a restaurant because my margins is low, right? So they have to pay market rate. They have to pay rental. And to build a bookstore is very expensive. It's, you know, end-to-end carpentry, right? All the woodwork and all. And you have to stock up books from bottom of the floor all the way uh to the ceiling right so to to build a bookstore can cost two or three times more than any other business and to amortize all this within a two three year rental period is almost impossible so hence you know there's no growth in the industry because the 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 margin doesn't work anymore the the whole concept doesn't work so it has to evolve that's why the book access build model is very different you know, we buy the books and we can't return the books, right? We take the burden of, you know, like I mentioned, 10,000 copies and it's all paid up, right? And so we had to find a solution on how to sell them versus the, the current model where when they buy, they can return, but they work with smaller margins. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the uh, aesthetics and the look and feel of the different stores because increasingly um, it is a big draw, right? The experiential element that you create in the different stores. Uh, I mean, most famous, I think, probably is the rec scale one with the floor to ceiling, very Instagrammable shelves. Um, I was curious about how you come up with the concepts and, and, you know, are you going for particular looks and feels for different stores? Um, Okay, so the whole idea is um number one i really love uh you know art design architecture and uh, a lot of people say i don't look look like a bookseller at all you know they get surprised when they say oh you know uh, this guy is is uh the one that you know he, he's a bookseller right even when i go to fairs overseas also they get shocked though, like i don't seem like i belong in the industry i think so one of the reasons why Book access is so different and be compared to all the other players is because number one, I'm not a reader, right? And so when uh when how we decided to sell a book at that price uh, was a big shock to a lot of people. Um our first staff that we hired to run a bookstore, when we decided to price paperbacks at you know 1790, right? The, the, the staff was an avid reader. So we hired people from the industry and, and she told me that 
this is a really good book. You can't sell it at this price. You are devaluing the book. But I was looking at it at a very different angle. I just want everybody to be able to afford uh, books, right? So as you can see, it's very different. If we came from the industry, then I would have priced it maybe $24.90 or $29.90. It was still cheaper than what the market rate was, right? So being uh, uh, not from the industry gave us the advantage of being very different. And so when it comes to to the the out the, the way the store looks, like I mentioned, you know, I really love design and art and all. And so I want things to be different all the time, right? And how do you uh, attract uh, people to come to the stores? Number one, the stores got to be different. And retail-wise, a lot of people post-pandemic also don't want to go to malls, right? Because a lot of malls just look the same. It's very clinical. Everyone is looking for experiences. And um, But how do you build that experience in a bookstore? How, when you Google, let's say, the 10 most beautiful bookstores, you'll get a bookstore you know, in, in, in a 500-year-old opera house. You, know, you get a bookstore in a church, you know, a 300-year-old church and all that kind of things, really cool ones you know, in Barcelona and, and all around the world, right? So, and then what I thought was that, okay, uh, I told the designer, you design your dream design. I don't care what it is, right? You design it, let me have a look. And if, if, if the design is amazing, we incorporate a bookstore into the design. So we are technically reverse engineering the whole thing, right? That's why our bookstores, some of it, some of the customers will be like, they don't even know, you know, what, uh, what kind of design it is because it's, it's actually somebody's crazy idea. Yeah. So the thing about the, the crazy idea is also that there is this big element of community in the stores, right? Because there are reading spaces and nooks that are that built in. There are places people can sit. Um, there's also cafes. Um, in some cases, there are eateries. Can you talk to us about that as well? For me, bookstores must be community first, right? And uh, if you take, for example, uh, our first bookstore that we did that had all these crazy designs and all these ideas was Tamarine Square. It was uh, Malaysia's first 24-hour bookstore and it was it's Malaysia's first largest bookstore, so at 38,000 square feet, right? And the whole idea was, why 24 hours? Because I wanted a place for the students. There's a lot of students uh, in Cyberjaya uh, studying there. And a lot of these students are from our station. And if you were to look at, at, at students from our station that, that comes in, right, they live in an apartment with, you know, seven, eight, ten, sometimes even twelve people in one apartment. They are so crammed, it's noisy, it's students, you know, friends playing music, playing the guitar, you know, smoking, you know, it's it's you know, people visiting, you know, it's not a conducive environment to study, right? So our tamarind store has a big study area which could cater up to almost 100 students. It's like a library setting. You know, they can charge their phones. They have free Wi-Fi. It's air-conditioned for 24 hours. You know, they can just study there. They, can, they bring their food and drinks there. So, you know, we, we didn't really care, right? And a lot of people say that, hey, you can't do this because, you know, the students will mess up the place, right? It's going to be very unruly. It's going to be noisy. These are all kids and all, right? Uh, but I said, you know, I always believe that, you know, that there are more good people out there than bad people, right? And um, it really worked, you know, because one of the main concerns 
at that time was robbery. You know, and that was a period of time where half the time you're looking at the videos of 7-Eleven, right? Somebody comes up with a with a machete and 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 chops up the cashier and robs them and all. Can you imagine all the way in Cyberjaya, in the middle of nowhere, you have a 24-hour bookstore, it's gonna be so quiet, right? And 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 all these security issues. But um the, the study area was so oversubscribed that even at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, you had students dating in one corner of the store, sitting around everywhere, quietly doing their work. And, and they became like security, you know. So we never had, never had any security issues. And amazingly, nothing was vandalized. They don't even draw on the tables. The place was always clean. And it was always been busy throughout the night. Then the next question, a lot of people say that, these guys come here, they abuse the place. They don't even buy a single book. I say, yes, they won't buy a single book because 97% of Malaysians are not reading. And you cannot, it's almost impossible to inculcate the reading habit to an adult, right? But our hope is that these couples here, they come here and date, study and all, they will get married. They graduate, they get married in a few years. They will have kids and they will know the importance of books for children and they will be loyal book access customers that is how we will build a new generation of readers you know over the years so it's one of the there's this um examples of you know uh, uh when i said that bookstores must be community first and we truly must be community first so if you look at a lot of our stores there's a lot of seating spaces there you know, um, to me, one of the uh, the store that I'm most proudest of is actually Book Access My Town. The design is really crazy. Even the music is so different. You know, the moment you walk in there, right, you don't feel like you're in a bookstore. You think you went to Bali or something like that because we are playing lounge music there, right? And and the design is 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 so uh, over the top. You know, it's an amazing Japanese restaurant there. You know, the the pricing of the food is really good. Right, it's very authentic. Yeah, so, and it's also a, a, a beautifully designed cafe there too. And, and a piano. Gallery, and a piano. <laughs> <laughs> so actually speaking of generations of readers, we cannot talk uh, We cannot talk about Book Access and your journey without talking about Big Bad Wolf, right? Which really at this point has become uh, something that generations of readers have been waiting for annually. How has Big Bad Wolf expanded through the years and how do you see it growing? I mean, it's, it's been really crazy and uh, amazing uh, at the same time. You know, uh, when I say really crazy and amazing, you know, up to now, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I, I ask myself, like, what on earth am I doing? Because, you know, we are in 15 different countries. HQ is in Malaysia, trying to control, you know, uh, a global business. You know, we want uh, headquarters, right? Three different, spread across three different continents you know i'm also very proud to say that uh we had africa and uh kenya and tanzania was uh our first stop in africa um you know and when i was growing up it's always we always hear things about oh kids in africa you know people are starving there and all and so being able to bring books to africa and making it uh affordable and accessible you know to me uh that has been one, one of our biggest achievements. Uh, we're currently in 37 countries, no, sorry, 37 cities in 15 countries and um, growing each year. Uh, during the pandemic, it was tough, you know, we we had to pull the handbrake and everything grinded to a halt. 
but now the market is opening up and yeah so we we are uh, uh continuing where we left off uh, we just finished uh Wolf taipei which was uh, amazing uh, last weekend we are currently also in chiang mai so we we used to be doing only the major cities like bangkok uh jakarta you know and so uh, as we we build our base there we become uh uh, we 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 become more popular. You know, more people are reading. And we start going to the smaller cities. Um, tomorrow, in fact, uh, we are it's first day of uh, Big Bad Wolf in Jogja, Indonesia. Yeah, so I would say the journey has been uh really trendy. You know, the the past uh, I think Big Bad Wolf is now thirteen years. You know, uh, but if uh. It feels like two, three years, and the the pace is is really, really, really quick. Yeah. So, Andrew, in closing, um, moving forward, what do you anticipate your customers wanting more of, um, or simply put, what's next for you? I would say children books. The children book market globally, you know, uh, has increased post pandemic. Publishers saw you know a sixty percent, seventy percent increase in children books, right, and. It's also what the world needed at that moment. We, we needed a knock on our head, you know. Uh, uh, the, during the pandemic, uh, there, there was uh, not enough digital devices to go around. Everybody was stuck at home and, 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 and wanted a digital device, right? But how many families would have one digital device for everyone? So, you know, and a lot of kids didn't go to school. And, and so books were the go-to place you know, for, for parents, you know, uh, to keep the, the kids uh, studying and entertained, right? And it's proven that if you actually give an, a book to a child, they will love it. So the pandemic has kickstarted the, the industry again, you know, uh, kids were forced to, to, to be introduced to books. No, it's not that they don't want the books. The parents needed to be forced to get books for the kids, right? So, uh, so that's great. Uh, um, so demand for children books globally is amazing, and also I think uh, we all know how damaging um, our digital devices are. You know, there's just so much noise. I think you know our smartphone and all used to be such an amazing thing when we first got our smartphone. We go like, oh my god, the phone can do this, can do that, can share videos, can play videos, right? Now our smartphone is like a curse. Right? We just want to keep it away. We want to throw it away. We, you know, right? And, we, and so where do we go to? You know, it's back to books again. So the timing is is really right, you know, for uh, the book industry, right? But the sad thing is not enough bookstores. So I just hope that there'll be more bookstores out there and because people do want to read and our future would be, you know, building the next generation of readers. So children books, uh, demand is there. So we're really concentrating on it. A lot of our customers are asking for new titles. When I say new titles, meaning that how the industry evolved from digitalization, books has also changed. It's changed the, 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 the how books are produced, you know, how books are published, right? Uh, and, and so there's, there's a lot more picture elements to it. There's uh, lesser words, right, in, in books and all, uh, quick bites, right? So a lot of uh, people are, are, are looking for books like that, right? So uh, we've, uh, every time when we have a new shipment, new stocks, you know, it, it just uh, disappears, you know. So 
uh, for us, um, just being there for our customers uh, and, you know, keep on encouraging people to read more. Andrew, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. That was Andrew Yap, Managing Director of Book Access, talking about their 16-year journey and what lies ahead. Let us know, have you bought from Book Access? Have you bought from Big Bad Wolf? What are your thoughts? You can send us a WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.